And don't forget you can stream all of the episodes on Myco. Hello and welcome back to the She Leads The Way podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bedford, and in today's episode, we have Sansan Fibri. She's a tech entrepreneur and she's the founder of Wakefully, which is a mental wellness app providing AI-guided dream analysis and coaching. And she's also a producer within the film and TV industry, having worked with the likes of Bill Burr and Kevin Hart, which is so interesting. And today we're going to talk about her journey as an entrepreneur, a little on Wakefully, as well as anything else that comes up during our conversation. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me, Sansan. How Thank are you? Thank you for being here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me in your home. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. And we will we'll do a little bit of a tour shortly. But please kick it off. Let us know a little bit about you um, as an entrepreneur and how you, how you came to develop Wakefully. Yeah, so I've, I've always had, uh, from a very young age, a big passion for storytelling. And uh, it started in, you know, I majored in theater in high school, I went to an art high school, and from then on, moved on into the whole film and industry, yeah. moving through the ranks, doing screenwriting, and eventually producing um, some of my work with Comedy Central that you, um, mentioned earlier. Um, and along this, this road, I've also had what seemed separate, but eventually came together, this fascination and this passion for dreams. Yeah. And I, after I studied Jungian dream analysis, I realized that, hang on a second, so we make movies, we watch movies, we read books uh, in order to learn something vicariously through the hero's experience, yeah. through the hero's journey, to go through a bit of a journey, to realize something about ourselves, to, you know, form our, our beliefs and, you know, ourselves. And I realized that we keep ignoring the most impactful story of all, which is those very rich stories that our own mind creates. So just like a, like a movie, a dream is a, a lot like a movie, except that uh, your mind is the producer, the director, the screenwriter. You are the star, and you're the only audience. Wow. So it's a very unique experience. This is all driven by your subconscious. This is all driven by your mind. Yes. So while we go there and we, and we learn things from other stories, things that do apply to us mm. through somebody else's story, even how we connect to each other yes. is all story, um, we're ignoring those really rich, rich stories. And I wanted to spread it out there and I wanted to, for everybody to be able to do that. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. So have you always had a passion for, have, have you always been the person that's looked into what your dreams were about? Yes. Because I am. I've always. Yes. I, I always had a very strong sense about my dreams and um, I don't know that I've looked them up so much because I think by the time I was in my early 20s, I already went to study Jungian dream analysis. Oh, wow. So I really came from, I had the tools. Yes. And so now it wasn't just like something that I think about and that I talk yeah. about, but now I had the tools to help me kind of decode those, those messages. These are all metaphors. Dreams are metaphors. And so they're there to show you, your mind is trying to show you something. It's trying to show you what may need attention what you're, you know, what you may need to be aware of. Uh, that's why even like I say, bad dreams mean good things yeah. because a bad dream is just your mind's way of going, this is so intense. I want to tell you something. Yeah. And I want you to listen, but 
most of us don't have the tools. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, uh, you know, it was, it was clear to me. And actually it was uh, during uh, writing one of my screenplays, uh, I uh, wanted the, the hero uh, in the screenplay to, to have something on the side. She was working in private jets and uh, I wanted her to have something else. And I, uh, since she was loosely based on me, I said, okay, something with dream analysis. And at the time, this is like going back 10 years. At the time, I thought uh, a blog, a vlog. I barely even knew what these things meant. But something in, in me knew that there is, I don't know that I knew that it was called artificial intelligence. I definitely didn't know it was called machine learning. But there, there was a way where an automated, you know, intelligent machine yes. can help you sift through in a very similar way <clears throat> to what therapists do when they do dream work. That's incredible. And that was my <clears throat> next question. For me, I am very big on, if I have a dream, I'll be like, Google, what on earth does that mean? Am I going to be okay? Uh, can you tell me with the rise of AI and having that included in your technology, how is that impacting people's, you know, yeah. dream? Um, <clears throat> Okay, that's a multiple part <laughs> answer. People wanna know what their dreams mean. Yes. They, we have this innate because it is our mind telling us something. So it's funny that you say that because for me, I have always Googled my dreams. I'll have a dream and I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? Straight to Google. Can you tell me about how that has played a part in yeah. developing this? So uh, fortunately and unfortunately, that's the only tool available to, to the median consumer. Yes. Um, actually, uh, it was found that the second most Googled existential question is what do dreams mean in the US? So it's funny you should say Googling because actually the number two most Google existential question in the US is what do dreams mean? That does not surprise me. Yeah, people really wanna know what their dreams mean. Um, the means to understanding their dreams uh, are already in, you know, in play, uh, in psychology, in therapy, mm. um, even neuroscience has been studying dreams. I actually like to say that the problem is that most people only have Google. Now, asking Google what your dreams mean is a little bit like asking Siri what your life means. <laughs> it's like, you're gonna get an answer. Mm, should you trust it? Yeah. Um, what Google can do and most websites out there, dream dictionaries, etc. So the only thing Google can give you is is very generic, mm. you know, answers to your dream questions, uh, interpretations of dream symbols. Uh, for example, you know, I saw a dog barking, and it will tell you dog barking means that you have to say sorry to a friend <laughs> that you've wronged, and maybe you will come upon riches. And it's, but I live for those answers. What friend? Right, but what if? So um, the, the most basic tenet for dream analysis is that there are no universal dream meanings. Yes. When your mind made up a dream about a dog barking, and let's say. Hypothetically, let's say that you were bitten by a dog when you were 12. Yes. Uh, for you, a dog in the dream may symbolize a threat, mm. uh, something vicious. Mm. I was born into a family with two older sisters and a Great Dane. A so great to me, <laughs> she was the size of a human. Yeah. So uh, a dog was very much part of the family. Mm. So very different when I dream about a dog barking. I, for me, it might mean protection. Yes. For, for you, it might mean threat. Mm. Complete opposites. So. 
according to our background, you really have to ask the person. There's no way to tell you what your dream means unless we ask you about each symbol. And so the idea behind Wakefully is that we use this advanced AI technology to make sure that our dream analysis is, is accurate yeah. and deeply personal. And we do it in three ways. We make sure that the analysis is personalized. So yes. we ask you questions about how you feel about different symbols in your dream. Okay. The dog, mom, sister, uh, oh, okay. policeman, yeah. whatever. And um, we make sure it's personalized. It's contextualized, meaning we contextualize to what you're going through in your life at the moment. Mm. So it's contextual to what you're actually, like what can you glean from it? Yes. And, then it and then our insights are very actionable. So we actually help you understand what you can do with this insight. Because just walking around having a little more insight, it's great, but it's also really great if you can put it right into your practice. Yeah. So for that, we also have different um, dream-related practices that are more for bedtime. So we really kind of help you throughout your whole sleep cycle. We help you fall asleep in a more mindful way, uh, produce more rich and more valuable dreams that, and with messages that are clearer and then waking up and having that moment with yourself with this guided self-reflection, answering the questions, which is its own mindful practice and kind of getting some clarity before your feet even hit the floor mm. in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's interesting. I can't wait to explore it more because it's absolutely up my alley. I want to talk about um, building a business and being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about the process of coming up with Wakefully and then what, if, were there any challenges that you came across when you were building the business? I know that's probably like a, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Annie. So let's tell you. Let's start. Let's start from this. I am a first time, non-technical, female, uh, immigrant founder. Okay. So a bit of a, a bit of a perfect storm here yes. for having a lot of difficulties uh, at the onset. I, I've always been driven by a very strong belief that this is something that could really impact the world in a positive way. Mm. And I just, I'm compelled to. Um, but definitely early on, I was met with a lot of skepticism. You know, I liken it to kind of standing, uh, you know, like, an, on the edge of a cliff and there's like a valley yeah. and I'm just like streaming my truths into the abyss and nobody's hearing it. And, but every now and again, and I'm only hearing my echo <laughs> of my voice. Maybe you're in a dream. <laughs> yeah, but now we're in a dream. There's a dream, I'll tell you later about it. And uh, sometimes a passerby comes by and, and he goes, hey, here's my echo. And he goes, hey, did you hear that? That's pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> screaming it yeah so um yeah it, it was uh, you know the, definitely it could get very frustrating but um again it was my dreams that guided me yeah. it was actually a very specific dream of me again standing at the edge of a cliff wow but this time i was with two other people and the two others were also versions of me oh wow. so there was male me like the embodiment of my yes. male energy female me and then little me, like the insecure, the one that, yeah. you know, feels, you know, ashamed and I've never done anything and I can't do this. And this was like mid pandemic. It wow. was, you know, obviously a very hard time for all of us. 
And in the dream, we find ourselves at the edge of a cliff. We, we know we're going somewhere and we're trying to figure out how can we get there. Mm. You know, is it train, plane, automobiles? And we realize, no, nothing comes to the edge of that cliff. Yes. The only way to maybe get there is to jump. So it wasn't like a big heroic act, but we jumped into the abyss. Yes. And now we're in the middle of the abyss. We're in the middle midair, and and you know I kind of lose a sense of if I'm up or down. Am I going up or am I going down? So little me, the scared little one, goes, "Are we falling?" No. And elder me, female me, male me go together. <laughs> no. They said. They said. No, you're flying. Oh. And in that moment, I realized it was a choice and it was that flip of a mindset. Mm. And if I chose that I'm going to fly, no matter that I felt over the abyss and like no grounding and we all felt a little bit like that, very lost and very anxious, uh, that if I decided that I'm flying, that I'm going to make that happen. And so immediately this beautiful picturesque landscape oh. and we were suddenly floating and flying towards our destination. That's so that was a big, you know, three days later, I closed my investors. Well done. So that was uh, definitely a big moment. And my investors are specifically, uh, there are two uh, women, uh, Australian women actually, uh, who are investing in only in women-led early stage startups Fantastic. in Australia and the US. And so, they were the perfect investor for me. I mean, I was pre-product and they really believed in me. And um, yeah. How did you find the investment process? Was it something that you always knew that you were going to do? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I always knew I was going to do actually one of my investors, one of the fund leaders, um, one of the fund partners. Uh, she, I, I went through a program with her a few years before she had a kind of a pre-accelerator yes. and I went through it. And so she knew my vision. Yeah. She knew everything about Wakefully because she really prepped us to pitch in front of investors. Yes. So when she started the fund and she became more of a venture capitalist, uh, I was one of the first companies they wanted to talk to. It was clear. So in that respect, it was a really comfortable mm -hmm. um, uh, journey. Just go just from the moment that they said we're in to the moment that it actually happened, which can take months. Yes, because you know they're also raising. Uh, but yeah, but it was it was good. It was good to know that somebody's got my back. Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, Aussies are a good bunch of people as well. So <laughs> great. I have such great friends. Wakefully offers a really unique approach to mental wellness through its Dream Dakota technology. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, especially for, since the nascent of generative AI and those tools becoming available to the public. Um, what it became very clear to me before, before we had those tools, yes. um, I was writing all the dialogue for the conversational AI that is talking to you about your dream and asking you personalized questions about your dream and therefore analyzing it. Um, what, was, what became daunting is that the conversation uh, around the dream stayed a little the same mm. because there's just so much content one person can write. Yes. Um, there's just so much I can, you know, you can say the same things, but you do want to say it in a fresh way. Yes. And something that became very obvious when generative AI um, or, you know, ChatGPT came out is that that is a technology upon which we're able to 
basically we're architecting our own model on top of the chat GPT. Yes. Our, and we're architecting this model. This is not, um, it's not a ask chat GPT about your dream. Yeah. Because that's still going to give you something very generic. Mm. So what we do is have a very uh, unique uh, prompt engineering that the and prompt engineers that are working to architect it very carefully so that the questions are always fresh mm. um, but they always have a cohesiveness about them and they're able to show new facets of the dream every time oh wow uh, all the metaphorical facets the personal facets how it connects your real life and how is it able to do that by asking very specific question and you know a lot of it is our prompt engineers that are really architecting very carefully what this flow is okay. what this workflow for that intelligence that you know artificial intelligence is we tell it now do this and now ask this but ask it in a way that's different than how you asked it before okay and uh and then you know, big parts of it are obviously proprietary, but what it does with that information and how it processes it is all part of RIP. Mm. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so it really enables us to make sure, what we wanted to make sure is it's not like you can go and chat GPT and ask about a dream. We actually have a side-by-side -side comparison, a dream that you ask Google, and that's completely ridiculous <laughs> generic. You ask chat GPT, and that's, a little less ridiculous, but still generic. It's yes. a longer paragraph and it's more words. You yes. know, ChatGPT knows how to pull a lot of nice words, but it doesn't say much. Yes. And then ours, which is really carefully arch architected intelligence. It's our own AI model that makes sure that the dream analysis is highly personalized, takes into account how you feel about different, every element and every symbol in your dream. Yes. How you, Nikki, with your background, what and contextual, how does it relate to your waking life? Are you married? Do you drive a car every day? Where do you work? What do you do for work? Do you have kids? Um, all these little things, they affect our psyche and therefore yeah. they affect our dreaming. And we wanna know how that dream, that makes it actionable. So yes. then we can help you put it into action. What is it that the dream is trying to tell you about your waking life and what can you do about yeah, it? Yeah, well. Because really at the bottom line, I like to say, if knowledge is power, mm. then what's more powerful than knowing yourself? Yeah. And so it's really about uh, before you can change anything that's not working for you in your life, mm. uh, any limiting belief, any, you know, bad self narratives, but you need to find out what that narrative is. Yes. You need to find out what is there that is not working, what the it is before you can change it. Yes. Yeah, and that's what we help you do. Yeah, that's fantastic. I want to pivot slightly and talk about being a female founder. Yeah. So a lot of our uh, listeners are aspiring entrepreneurs. What advice could you give them if they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm exactly like you. I don't have a huge amount of experience. I just yeah. know that this is something that I need to do. Well, what advice would you give them? Um, so Simon Sinek, who is a great, great, mm. uh, you know, marketing guru and uh, published author and speaker, uh, he wrote this book, Start With a Why, uh, talking about when you start a business, you need to know beyond what does it do, what you really need to start with is why are you doing this? Mm. And I, I take it one step forward, like why, why is Wakefully, we know what Wakefully does, it's an it's a AI guided dream analysis and coaching, why 
because we want to enable people to be able to access their dreams every day mm. and therefore live a happier, more connected life. Uh, that's the why of Wakefully. Um, I take it a step further and I go also focus on the why me. Why are you, you know, even if it's, you know, an HR recruiting business, whatever it is, why you are best positioned to create this. Um, it's not just because you had the idea. Mm. Ideas, you know, other people had the, had the idea, obviously. We have, we have a couple of competitors that are just nowhere near where we are. Um, so it's really important to find out what about you is that unique part. Um, I have a very, very diverse background. I've, I've lived in, in five countries over across four continents by the time I was 22 and I arrived here in New York and this has been my home since. Um, and so really tap into your, into your unique niche, into your, or unique, foundation. what yeah. what drives you. I'm so passionate about my dreams my whole life. I then got tools. I, you know, had some success in a very male dominated industry of mm. film and TV. Um, all this kind of brought me together. So it w it's so clear to me why me. So I think of why you is a really, really important question. Yes. Um, not, not in a doubting way, but in a let's, let's I w you know, yeah. know it for yourself. Um, I would say do not apologize. I think that young women in every space, not only entrepreneurship, are uh, apologizing for their ideas, yeah. uh, don't apologize, be bold, um, be prepared to go to the startup school of life. What does that mean? You're gonna pick up a lot of skills that you never thought you would need, nor maybe wanted to. So I used to get the hives from looking at a spreadsheet <laughs> full of numbers. I didn't know how to create one to save my life and today I can, I can do a financial projection model. Mm. Um, and, I, and it's okay, I like it because, okay, it's not my favorite part, yeah. but I like it because it's connected to the story of my startup yes. and how are we going to use funds and how are we, uh, you know, growing yeah. uh, with numbers, you know, in a, in a quantified yes. manner. Um, you know, I picked up graphic design skills. You know, you will have to pick up a lot of skills because when you're early stage and you don't have a lot of funds, then there's no, oh, I'll give it to a, to a marketing agency. No, you have to be the marketer and uh, you ha you'll have to wear many, many hats. Yeah. So be prepared and be open to learn. Yeah. I, what I've learned in the past few years surpasses anything <laughs> in the 40 years before that. Yeah, wow, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. That's such, such great advice. So I wanna talk a little bit more about mindset. Before, when we were speaking, you said that you were greeted or not greeted with a lot of negativity around uh, your business idea and you're at the edge of the cliff within your dream yeah. and then you decided to jump. Yeah. What was the mindset? How, could you give other women advice as to how they could tackle that if they were going through that as well? I think relying on your drive and again going back to the why you, why me, if you know deeply and you believe deeply that you are meant to do this, that you were put on this earth to do this. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a, you know, obsession or interesting because you really have to be so rooted in what you're doing mm. that all the skepticism, all the negative 
comments that you get, mm. even from close ones, even from family, yeah. um, that you say, okay, I hear you. And yes, I, I'm planning and I'm making, you make plans. So now it's not just a dream. It's not just an idea. Yeah. Start putting pen to paper, start making a plan, start going to the Google st School of Business, start learning how to make a plan, make a business plan or a pitch deck, whatever it is, something that starts giving shape to your idea. Yes. And where is it going? Okay, then what? Keep asking yourself, so you build this and then what? Mm. So this, and then what? Why, what is the end goal? Mm -hmm. And then you can work your way back from there. So I think, and keeping that, your eyes on the goal. Yeah, I love that. You know, sometimes it feels like you're stuck in the, in the middle of the tunnel. Yeah. But you know, the light is out there. Yeah. So just find the light. When in a moment where you feel very dark, find the light and learn how to hear it and not let it affect you. You know, I, I grew up auditioning, you know, I grew up in the theater. I grew up auditioning. Um, rejection was kind of like, <laughs> that is a daily thing. And you know, people say that art imitates life. Um, for me, because I started so young, uh, it was really, being an actor taught me a lot about life. Yes. So one of those things were, for example, pitching in, in, in front of investors. Mm -hmm. Back when I was auditioning, they would say, don't think of it as an audition. Uh, they would say, Think of it, you got the job. Because some people were great mm. in class or you know on stage, but in, in addition, they would be so nervous, they'd blow it all up. Uh. So you got the job. The job is the audition, but you got the job. This is your job but now, you're, you're performing. Yourself. Yeah. That's what you're telling yourself. You're not auditioning. You're not maybe performing and maybe they'll accept you or not. You got the job. The okay. job is the audition. And now you do that. That's interesting way of looking at it, actually. Because yeah. as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, but I, okay. <laughs> you almost step into that level of confidence, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, it really, really helps. Mm. And I don't know, picture them naked or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so pivoting quite heavily into film and TV, which is something that really just excites me. So I wanted to know, when are we going to be producing our first show? <laughs> Today. I thought we were doing a thing today. <laughs> My first TikTok. Yes, we'll do a TikTok. Come on, I'm very excited. <laughs> no, but more seriously, tell me about how you got into film and TV because it's just such a, I mean, it's, I think coming, being Australian, you sort of think, oh my gosh, it's just so Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's a long journey. Uh, I started really in high school. Uh, as I said, I went to an art high school in Israel and I studied theater. I studied dramatic arts, uh, which means I studied everything. The, the history of theater, yes. uh, I played uh, the Greeks, uh, Oedipus, and oh. all the Greek uh, tragedies in Hebrew, Shakespeare in Hebrew. Wow. It's very interesting. Um, and I moved on to some conservatories in London and in Paris. And uh, then I found myself in New York. I realized that, pun very much intended, the role an actor has to take in real life is a very passive role. Yes. You're always waiting to be discovered, right? You're yeah. waiting for that audition. Then you're waiting for the callback. You're waiting for somebody to write yeah. the exact right script, that you are the exact right for it. Pitfall. And that doesn't sit very well with my personality. I'm a very like action taker. Yes. And just sitting around waiting for somebody else to create opportunities 
for me um, is not for me. Yeah. So I started creating my own opportunities. So I started screenwriting. Yeah, uh, after my first movie got produced, which by the way was called Dream in American. Wow. So the whole subject of dream, dream, it's always, yeah. Li both life dreams, kind of goals and daydreams and uh, night dreams, of yeah. course. Uh, yeah, it's a big, big subject in my life. And um, after I produced my first movie, I realized that you know, there were so many other aspects that I enjoyed. Yes. Um, the script came to me, it just came to me. Mm. Um, and you know, the characters were speaking in my head and I just had to write it quick enough. I was actually pen writing it because wow. I, at the time I was very new to a computer. I'd, I couldn't type as quickly as the actors yeah, were yeah, speaking yeah. in my head, the characters wow. were speaking in my head. And so that ended me up there. And then when I, because for me it was so much my project, uh, when I found an executive producer who was ready to put the money behind it, um, he made me one of the producers because I really, you know, put this whole film together yes. and not only wrote it. And yeah, I just realized that for me, it's all different aspects of telling the story. Yeah, wow. And uh, I just love doing it. Uh, later on, I partnered uh, with somebody who had a, a lot of experience in the comedy world and that's how we ended up doing this uh, documentary about Patrice O'Neill with Fantastic. Kevin Hart and Bill Burr. And um, yeah. Yeah, amazing. It, it, it was a fun journey. And it is because I don't think you really ever leave. I think in a true entrepreneur, you, I'm always going to be, of a, a part of me is always going to be a filmmaker. Yeah. It's just right now, my full-time job is being a startup yeah. founder. <laughs> Um, it's just a big job in itself. It's, it's like 17 jobs. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Well, I know, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. San San, thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to uh, watch what you do with Wakefully. I have no doubt that it's going to be just so incredible. I'm a number one thank fan you. of yours, and I can't wait for us to make a movie together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go do it. Go. I've really enjoyed this, Nikki. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Very you're insightful. Welcome. Thank you. That was another episode on She Leads the Way with Sun Sun Fibri and your host, Nikki Bedford. We'll see you next time. Bye.